Central. This is Tech Radio. All things computers, gadgets and web happening right now in Ireland. Hear us anytime on iTunes or download from techcentral.ie. Tech Central. How you doing? This is Dusty Rhodes and welcome to Tech Radio with all the ladies in tech from around Ireland and across the world. Remember, there are many ways of getting a show. You can download directly from our website at techcentral.ie. Use a smartphone podcast app, iTunes, of course, or turn us on every Friday on DAB Digital Radio with RTE Radio 1 Extra. Joining me as always is Niall Kitson, Editor-in-Chief of Tech Central. And the only thing we're talking about is the launch this week in New York City of Samsung's brand new phone, the S8. Do, do we want a one-word summary of what we thought, Niall? Uh, you're probably better qualified to give me a one-word summary because you're a Samsung guy. So what do you think? Superb. Really? You're happy yeah. with it? Yeah, very happy with it. Okay, right. Well, they, they announced two models, the S8 and the S8 Plus, because every flagship phone has to have a supersized version these days. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Uh, right. You've got the specs in front of you, and I saw the presentation, so we've got slightly different takes on it. Okay. Um would you like me to go first and just go? Uh, yes, get my tell me about the presentation because I was thinking there was an awful lot of hype online yesterday and the Samsung is going to be at four o'clock uh, UK time and blah, 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 and uh, 8 a.m. in Los Angeles. There was a real kind of a, a streaming online event kind of a thing. Now, that we would expect with Steve Jobs and Apple because he had the personality to do it. Uh, Tim in Apple, bless him, doesn't. Um, and then Samsung are a Korean company. So, I mean, do they have any hope? Did the presentation itself? self impress you um no well yes and no uh yes because i thought the products were quite strong and i think they struck a nice ish but very apple tone of here's the bits we really want to talk up and they will make you feel amazing um they they basically copied the apple template they even had one more thing which i thought was very impressive um uh whereas microsoft uh are now in the direction of um here's what's interesting that we're doing now and here's what it will help you do Mm. so on one end you've got apple with the emotional on the other end you've got microsoft with the creative and the um uh, yeah with the creative and the you know productivity end of things and samsung now they're leaning towards the apple model personally i think if they played to their specs more they would have had a stronger presentation Uh, as a result we got an awful lot of sort of human interest kind of uh uh, clips and people taking selfies with the wonderful new selfie camera um so yeah it, it was a bit me too and you're right they don't have a linchpin figure tim cook comes on uh, you still want to hear what he says uh, mm. um, if uh, satya nadella comes on i really want to know what mm. he's thinking uh, so yeah they don't have that figurehead they don't have that charisma but they had a nice division of labour uh, which I think worked okay um, to be honest I think the product certainly overshone the presentation um, the presentation itself uh, the live feed on it was a bit choppy which was kind of annoying and was done in 360 video the 360 was really annoying when I tried to click into it uh, which is kind of funny because that's one of the things they really wanted to play up so um before so we jump in, let's let's get on to the product itself. Anyway, what do you think yeah. is the the big thing about the S8 that makes it different and exciting? Okay, well, things that they were really playing up was the curved display, uh, which basically has no bezel. It has you know top and bottom, but the the sides are all gone. They're calling it the Infinity Display. Um, it's Super AMOLED uh, in the S8. It's um, 5.8 inches, which is Mm -hmm. pretty generous. Um, The touch sensor apparently is below. It's underneath the um, screen. So there isn't a dedicated home button uh, for uh, the... 
uh, for the touch sensor mm. it's actually underneath the screen which is kind of nice but I guess the bottom end of the screen will get kind of smudged then the fingerprint sensor is now on the rear which I think is quite innovative um, they're they're really relying on um, uh, facial recognition and iris scanning for passwords that's that's where they want this to go they want the phone to be as frictionless to use as possible I think that's kind of great I think we'll see that used an awful lot uh, it's got USB-C um, however it also has a 3.5 millimeter headphone jack so you know the rest of us would pre- be pretty happy with that mm-hmm. um, they also talked up VR an awful lot uh, they talked up 360 video um, and very important um, they made a big deal of their new 360 uh, video camera which they, they in true late late show fashion they had one for everybody in the audience um, and they talked up as well the Bluetooth controller for the Galaxy Gear VR. So they're really coming together with a proper VR content offering. Uh, you'll be able to share 360 video a bit easier. You'll be able to shoot it a little bit easier with their new um, Gear 360 camera. So all of these things I thought were quite nice. Um, things that struck you about the camera, you that were checking the specs more than I was. Well, just looking at the specs, <clears throat> I actually wasn't too bothered about the uh, uh, the camera, the front-facing uh, camera uh, that you would n- use normally for taking pictures is, I think it's pretty much the same as the S7. There's no huge improvement on it. But but those Samsung cameras are stunning. They're absolutely brilliant. So why improve something that's already brilliant? Uh, what I did like was that they've improved the uh, camera which you would use for your selfies so you get better quality on that. Yeah, that's up to 8 megs. So, yeah, so I was quite happy with that. Uh, then uh, the actual shape and the form of the phone is is what I kind of thought was the nicest thing because now you're going to hold this thing in your hand. It doesn't, even though it's a, a 5.8-inch screen, it doesn't feel like a 5.8-inch screen and it just sits in the palm really, really nicely. Uh, and it's all screen. Uh, and it's just... It's just nice. I really love the idea of it. Uh, the one thing that I really will miss, though, is the, is the physical home button, because I'm just old-fashioned. I like to have an actual button you can press. Well, you know case makers would be looking at that going, oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think if you've got the, the, the flip case, which uh, a lot of Samsung's uh, uh, owners tend to go with, I think, I think it'll work uh, perfectly with that. I just think it's a really nice, sexy thing. And also, nobody else really is doing that kind of a, a bevelous phone. And certainly not the iPhones that aren't doing that. And I think they've got one up, not only on Apple, but I think they've got one up on the rest of the world. Well, I think they also have one up in an area that um, I didn't mention. Uh, and probably, um, probably I wanted to leave it to the end of our conversation about this. There is a dedicated button on the side, uh, which brings up their new, don't call it a personal assistant, Bixby. So this is their answer to Cortana and um, Google Assistant uh, to, to a large extent and uh, Siri. Right now, we all know those three um, kind of they're they're not great with voice recognition. Cortana still doesn't have a proper Irish release set because of, uh, I don't know, probably localization issues and, and accents and things like that, which which tend to pose a problem when it comes to um, uh, dialects, etc. So uh, what Bixby does is it's it, it looks at voice, it looks at con- uh, content and context, and it recognizes images and what you're talking about and all, all this kind of thing. Um, but it's not; it doesn't have a personality. It doesn't talk back to you, right? Um, but they're pitching it as a, a user interface, not as you know your digital friend or your concierge or anything like that. And what's interesting about that as an approach is that. Um, this is effectively, which is kind of a fun thing to say about a Samsung product. It has no personality. Bixby, <laughs> by design, has no personality. Um, 
uh, and I'm sure people will be lining up around the corner to, to say that uh, about about S Galaxy S phones in general. But um, what it does is, and this is very clever, uh, it has a look at what apps you're using during the day and when, and it presents those to you when you access Bixby, right? So say I go to the gym in the evening, I have a health tracker app, I've got... Um, you know, maybe I've got Spotify for my playlist, that kind of thing. Um, Bixby will bring up those apps when I activate Bixby automatically. Mm. It's like, oh, yeah, here here you go. It's it's that time of day. Or in the morning, maybe I check the news in the BBC. Maybe I read mm. The Guardian as well. Maybe I also have Spotify or something. But, like but at least they're doing something different with their voice assistant instead of trying to be like a, a, a Me Too Cortana or, or a Siri or whatever it happens to be. And I've used all of those. And, you know, I don't really like them. Uh, and th- I like the idea with Bixby is that you would just talk to the phone it's like open Facebook and it'll open Facebook even though I don't think I would use it but I think that's better than you know the phone talking back to you which I, and anyway I think people who do talk to the phones are a bit ridiculous looking sometimes <laughs> well I still haven't gotten over people using you know Bluetooth headsets and this sort of thing I was on the Lewis mm. uh, during the week and there was a guy just had a regular headset and was talking to his phone mm. my god you'd swear he was the most important person in creation you know yeah you see I, you see yeah I'm not I'm not crazy not crazy about that I think overall though uh, what I was happy with with the uh, uh, with the phone and I was kind of looking at it I suppose the nearest competitor would be the uh, the iPhone 7 and I was kind of looking at it and I said alright so it's heavier than an iPhone 7 but it's just got a nice feel to it. Uh, it's got a much bigger screen than the iPhone 7 does. I think uh, Samsung absolutely run away with their AMOLED screens. I think it beats everything that's on the market at the moment. Yeah. Uh, and the, the, the nice things that the iPhone doesn't have, like you're able to upgrade the memory yourself with a, an SD card. Um, and of course, the fact that uh, it has the headphone jack is great. Still not mad about the fact that you can't change the battery in it, but there you go. Yeah, and, but uh, it's got wireless charging. Yeah, well, there you go. So I think for 2017, the Samsung S8 is head and shoulders the phone to have. So long as it doesn't explode. This is Tech Central, your weekly tech podcast from Ireland's techcentral.ie. Well, as we've just been hearing, tech life is a little bit like a Daft Punk song. It's always getting bigger better, faster and stronger. Today, fibre is delivering some amazing speeds and particularly here in Ireland. I mean, we're so used to 50 meg download, 100 meg download, even 200 meg download speeds are quite common, but can it last forever? One man is looking at that problem and coming up with solutions is Dr. Prince Anadarja at DCU's School of Engineering. I spoke to him recently and had a fascinating conversation which started with the question, what are the problems with fibre today with all these amazing speeds that could be getting us into trouble tomorrow? Yeah, so, I mean, uh, that's a good question. But, I mean, uh, to best answer that, if I can go back a little bit and kind of go back to the regime when we had uh, electrical networks, let's let's put it that way, let's mm. call it electrical networks, and kind of where we had coaxial cables running to every home, we had, uh, you know, the modems that would kind of make this awful beeping sounds when we wanted to connect to the Internet. And we were really limited by the medium at that stage. And then the world itself kind of moved towards uh, using fiber. But when we talk about fiber and the Internet speeds, that's uh, a pretty interesting kind of area to kind of target or to talk about because, what happens is that the fiber, most of the time, to the kind of, let's say, 90% of the people, 
it comes up to the curb and that's where it stops and then the rest is still the old technology of using uh, coaxial cables. So because of such an infrastructure and architecture that's used by uh, the telecom providers, we then actually share the bandwidth from the curb uh, with many other people. So once there's a huge demand, then uh, you start facing problems with the internet. And even if we take Dublin, for example, uh, Ireland in general, let's, let's, let's go with Ireland. I mean, generally the fiber infrastructure is great. You know, I mean, we, we have fiber going to um, most of the counties and they go up to curbsides in many areas. So we are able then to provide most of these places with uh, high bandwidth but then from then on you have to kind of share that bandwidth with many different people and that's where the problem hits so in within dublin we have quite a few providers and the fiber infrastructure is kind of much better so then you're sharing with fewer number of people let's say uh hence you don't really struggle or you don't see this huge contention for the bandwidth so what you're saying then is, because uh, I remember, uh, I'm sure you're not old enough to remember, but I remember the old 14.1K modems, and then they suddenly doubled to 28.8. It's like, oh, my God. Um, you're saying we've gone from that to fiber almost to the home, and where the slowdown is happening is because you're back onto copper cables uh, coming from the, from the cabinet into the person's home, and that's where the slowdown is. Um, exactly. Are, are you suggesting then that uh, fiber to the home is the solution? So fiber to the home is uh, a major solution in terms of internet speeds at home. Um and that's already happening, you know, a lot of the new developments, wherever it's taking place mm. in terms of construction, uh, housing and so on. Um, they are now kind of trying to make sure that you have a fiber, fiber port going right into the house. And that means you can then get speeds of one gigabit and even higher. Now, when um, kind of, you know, the various vendors without going into names uh, kind of advertise um, internet to people and say, oh, this is fiber-powered. Fiber-powered is a little bit misleading because, again, it's fiber-powered up to the curb. So uh, that's where we run into trouble. Now, uh, I, I presume later on we can still talk about the bigger picture where, you know, once more and more people get onto this fiber infrastructure, then the demand is getting so high that uh, the existing infrastructure then starts to creak as well. And we have gotten to that place. I was going to ask you that from, from your studies and from your research. Uh, are we finding that, you know, with these massive high-speed capacities that we have in Ireland, that with the, the system is actually starting to creak it itself with everybody with their dodgy downloads or their Netflix or their watching uh, cable TV or whatever it is they're doing online? Uh, exactly. So, um, you know, I mean, having kind of talked about the, the introduction of fiber to the telecom networks, currently uh, fiber optics essentially dominates mm. today's telecommunication mm. networks. I mean, wherever we go, which part, whichever part of the continent we go to, um, fiber has been installed and that's uh, fiber is used as the main medium to carry data from one place to another. Mm. And when it was installed, most of the kind of service providers said, oh, 
that's it. You know, this is the ultimate solution. You have limitless bandwidth. But I mean, everyone kind of is surprised when suddenly researchers or engineers or kind of the, the service providers say, oh, we're in a world now where we're facing uh, a capacity crunch. And um, what's the main reason, if you ask, what's the main reason behind this capacity crunch? And you touched on it there. It's essentially uh, the high bandwidth applications. So this can vary from the Netflix that people commonly use today, um, you know, all the social media applications. And uh, I mean, not only Netflix, but so many others, which also are, you know, kind of services that are trying to provide uh, high definition as well. So you have streaming of not just pure video content, but uh, high definition, so which increases the bandwidth demand. Um, there are others as well, you know, kind of more applications. One kind of thing that I always refer to is that, you know, earlier, kind of going down maybe 10 years back in time, um, Internet users kind of, you could kind of have an age profile where people started maybe when they were kind of 15 or even a little bit older. But I mean, today, kind of, uh, you have internet users who are as young as two or three, you know, kind mm. of fiddling with the phones and mm. actually sending pictures or, you know, kind of looking at videos and so on. Mm. So that kind of also places a huge uh, demand on existing infrastructure. One other kind of application that I wanted to mention is, uh, this thing called uh, Internet of Things. You know, people keep talking about Internet of Things. Mm. Uh, in simple words, what it is, is kind of, you know, we keep hearing now smart homes, smart cars, you know, smart cities and so on. And all these smart things that are talking to each other, trying to say, okay, you know, the car says, I'll be soon out of fuel. And that message is sent to your mobile phone, you know, from the city, you get a message saying, rather than taking this bus, you might be better off kind of getting on a bike and, you know, it will mm. save you time and so on. So that's, again, you have a fully interconnected system, which then places a huge demand on uh, the existing infrastructure. In terms and, of and I'm just thinking of all the things that you're saying. You've got uh, file sharing, you've got cloud service as well, where people are transferring big files, video conferencing, Skype are using it all the time. All of these things that are kind of been going along the fibre and that is starting to clog up the fibre. And the problem is, is that we still have copper for a lot of people going between uh, the end of the fibre at the curb up into the house. So uh, th- what I like about people like you, Prince, is that you were thinking further ahead because you're thinking, OK, well, one solution is let's get the fibre right up to the house uh, and then everybody will have high speed Internet. But as we know... Uh, from the days of having, you know, oh my God, I've got a 50 megabyte hard drive in my computer. I'll never fill it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. To what we have today, you're thinking uh, uh, ahead again that even if you do have fiber going up to the house, it's still going to run out of speed. So uh, tell me what is the limitation with fiber as we are using it currently now? Yeah. So, I mean, the main limitation comes from the kind of uh, technology that we use in the infrastructure. And this comes from the inflexibility of the of this kind of technology, if you want. So what we do is that um, maybe I'll try and break it down first of all. So, I mean, 
the way we transmit information using fiber is by essentially taking that piece of information, which has a certain amount of bandwidth or frequency content, if you want. We take that and we put it on a carrier, which has another frequency, and then we send it from one place to another. And in this case, the frequency that we're putting this information on is at the optical frequencies, which just... uh, Kind of to state it, it's in the terahertz range. So okay. you can put a large amount of information because you have a very high frequency. Now, what happens when you send this down the fiber is that it, you know, you send it in the form of light that's modulated and then it bounces up and down. Hmm. So one single frequency of light wouldn't be enough to carry, you know, all the data that we are generating. So what the the, the kind of service providers did was to kind of fill up the space that we have, the bandwidth that we have with multiple channels that are equally spaced from each other. So, you know, going to kind of a technical description, the spacing between the frequencies is about, um, let's say, 100 gigahertz and it's come down to 50 gigahertz. Let's take the example of kind of, you know, the M50. So if you think about kind of what existed before, maybe two lanes, you know, you had cars going down this and you had parallelized lanes so Hmm. you then expanded capacity straight away and then suddenly everyone was driving just very similar to kind of all the bandwidth that we're churning out then you know kind of um, the authorities said we'll have to expand this to kind of cater for this otherwise you know we're just going to have complete congestion and people are not going to get anywhere so then we expanded to four lanes but then you know with the economy improving and so on and so forth the number of cars increased very similar to the number of applications. And then, you know, we started filling this up again and we can kind of make slight changes to try and adapt to it. But the problem is that we have this rigid infrastructure, which is not changeable. So going back to telecoms, we have this fixed spacing between each channel that cannot be changed at the moment because of all the money that has been poured in. So we have this inefficient use of the space that we have. Okay, so the space that we're using uh, could be a lot more efficient and you have an idea in your head on uh, on how to make it more efficient and this is the work that you were doing and the research that you were carrying out. How can we make it more efficient? What, what system do we use? Exactly. So, I mean, um, there are researchers all over the world who are looking at kind of, you know, ways of addressing this particular problem and I mean the immediate thing is to actually throw more fiber Mm. but the problem with that is that it's really costly you know I mean digging up and laying more fiber is very costly and you and I wouldn't want to pay for that other techniques that would address it in the near term would be kind of you know improve the technology so we can kind of uh, change the modulation format essentially at the moment kind of or maybe let's say 10 years before we were kind of switching the light on and off to kind of uh, carry the information on the light itself. Mm -hmm. Then people came up with other techniques and there are new techniques coming up that can then enable putting a little bit more data on each of these rigid channels. Um, You can also look at, you know, better components that can maybe give you slight advances in speed, but then five years down the line, we're going to run into the same problem. So, um, I've recently been funded by Science Foundation Ireland on a career development award to look at kind of uh, a programmable, a, a flexible network 
So um, what I'm looking at is essentially trying to address, keeping the same infrastructure, but trying to change the transmitter and the receiver in such a way that we can change the transmitter and the receiver according to the demand. Now, one of the things I like about the way you were thinking is because when we think about fiber, we just think about light as a general thing. But you have an idea for increasing capacity by looking at light in as a spectrum of different colors. Explain to me about that. Yes, exactly. So um, in, in, in the technical world, we call it wavelength division multiplexing. Now, each particular uh, frequency has a signature and that signature can be ex- expressed as a color. So if we look at kind of visible light, if you break it down whenever you see a rainbow, then you break that down into individual frequencies or colors. Okay, so similarly, at the frequencies that we work at, if we break it up into discrete, then we can break it up into different colors. And by breaking it up into different colors, we then can actually use each of those colors to carry the same amount of information that one of the frequencies would have carried. And what I'm working on at the moment is initially uh, a transmitter called a frequency comb source, which essentially takes one laser and by kind of adapting it in certain ways, we use a technique called game switching, and we can then get multiple colors coming out from one single laser. So you save cost, and then you also have the ability to increase the amount of bandwidth that you're going to transmit. Okay, now, uh, I know you're still in the, in the research stage and you've absolutely no numbers, but where would they say in five years' time and everything is successful and you manage to split the laser into different colours and you're able to carry so much more data? Say, for example, at the moment, uh, a, a regular normal fibre cable can give me one gigabit uh, data rate. Where do you see your uh, uh, system? Uh, what kind of data rates do you think I get with yours in a couple of years? Sure, yeah. Um, so what we're targeting is terabits of information at the moment kind of state of the art in terms of technology we can transmit about 100 gigabits of data that's 10 to the power 9 uh, bits of data and what we're targeting with this comb source is to try and get up to terabits so uh, that's an order uh of an increment in terms of uh, actual data capacity. But not only that, we talked about this flexibility as well. Mm-hmm. So the spacing between these, I mean, if, if you think about the comb, you can you know go back to kind of thinking about an actual comb that you use to comb your hair. And you have these teeth, and each of those teeth can be thought of as different frequencies. And each of those frequencies are then carrying information. But, you know, based on the density of, hair that a person has, you can change the spacing between the teeth of the comb. And that's what we do as well. So we not only have this comb source, but we can then uh, vary the spacing. So we can generate large amounts of data, that is terabits per second, but we can also then adapt it at a time when, you know, the whole nation is sleeping, let's say, and you don't need that amount of information. We then kind of reduce the number of teeth so that we can transmit less and so on. It sounds absolutely fascinating. I love future thinkers like you who are able to actually, you know, put their ideas into action. And it's been a brilliant talk uh, with you because we've gone from everything from 14.1k modems to terabits of information flowing into our our house. And uh, I wish you the very best of luck. Prince, thanks for telling us about your work. Thank you very much, Dusty. 
Now, just before we head off, Niall Kitson is still with us. Niall, uh, like Samsung, like Apple, we have our own one more thing at the end of every uh, show. Uh, one thing that we couldn't talk about during the programme, but is on our website. What is it this week? Yeah, well, uh, two words. Elon Musk. He's got a new oh, idea. Oh, Yes! That man is just a thinker. He's a genius. He is like a real-life living Star Trek. (laughs) Well, yeah, okay. He's Tony Stark, basically. But yes. (laughs) All right, listen, if you haven't heard about what Elon Musk is up to, you've got to get it on our website and read all about it because it is just mind-blowing. Of course, you get the story on that, all the latest Irish tech news as well. We've got hourly updates for you. You get daily newsletters if you want them. Uh, All at techcentral.ie, as well as our weekly tech radio show here online and on RTE every Friday at 6 p.m on DAB Digital Radio RT Radio 1 Extra is a station to listen to that's it for this week until next week from myself Dusty and from Nyla Tech Central HQ thanks for listening have a great weekend get tech radio subscribe for free with iTunes or download on demand at techcentral.ie tech radio is produced by digitalaudioproductions.com tech Central.